How y'all doing? Let me look at you. Yeah, you look all right. You look pretty good. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, you look fine. Go ahead. Now look at that awkward person that you're really not trying to pay attention to. Look at them and go, you look pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, if this is your first time here today, let me introduce myself. My name's Craig, and my wife Patty and I, we get to pastor this church together, and uh, it's just a joy and a privilege and so amazing. Um, and today's a special day. Today is like a really special day. Uh, some of you probably don't realize this, but today is our anniversary. We are the church. We are 13 years old today as a church. Yes, that is so exciting, 13 years, and I look back at where we were 13 years ago, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, we've come a long way, and God is so good. Um, another cool thing about today is, as you know, we have um, a microsite in, in Turning Point, and so today is the very first service of another microsite in DeSoto County Detention Center, so they're joining us today. So can you put your hands together and help me welcome our microsites and everybody watching online? We love you guys. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for tuning in. All right, so um, let's get rolling, huh? We are in the middle of this series called Now and Later. And honestly, it's a very, uh, the, I mean, the title is very self-explanatory. Um, but it's, it's easy to understand, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do because we're talking about changing things now, doing things different now so we can have a better year later, you know, enjoy the fruits of what we're changing now. And I say it's difficult because if we're going to be real honest with ourselves, um, there's things in our lives that we don't change just because it's too difficult or we've gotten so used to it. It's just become who we are. Uh, and we talked a little bit about that last week, right? We talked about doing, getting the leftovers out of our soul refrigerator. How many, how many remember that and, and worked on that? Uh, four of you. The rest of you, where were you? Where were you? Um, how many of how many last week messages, how many would say that it, you got inspired to go home and clean out your refrigerator and get rid of some old Tupperware and stuff? Yeah, I did too. Threw away two things of Tupperware last week. Okay, so um, we talked about getting rid of these leftovers, getting rid of this stuff in our lives that's just leftover from a previous relationship or leftover from fear, anxiety, a situation, leftover from a bankruptcy, just left leftover stuff that we just leave it sitting in our fridge and it gets moldy and nobody wants a moldy soul, right? Because then it get all funky up in you, you get all funky and then you get everybody around you funky and so we're just going to stop the funkiness, all right? And so today, today we're going to look at really kind of a part two of that, but it's, today's the practical side. We're going to talk about change, like what does real genuine change in our lives look like? Um, this is the time of year where everybody's talking about change. January is that month where everybody is just, I'm going to change everything. This is the year, 2020, I'm bringing change to my life. I'm going to change my kids, change my spouse, change my underwear. I'm going to change it all. And we're focused on change and all that. And that lasts for a little bit, right? And we end up kind of like we were before without a whole lot of change because we try to change, but we just, we're just not that successful at it. Um, and, and have you ever talked to somebody, and I do mean talk to somebody, because God forbid we talk about ourselves today. So have you ever talked to somebody that talks about change all the time, where they say almost every year, they're like, you know what, this is the year I'm going to stop whatever, so I'm going to stop lying, or I'm going to stop gossiping. This is the year I'm going to get better. This is the year I'm going to stop doing drugs. This is the year I'm going to, and they say these different things, but they never, they, like they say it year after year, but they never change. How many know somebody like that? Again, we're not talking about ourselves, just be 
honest, you know somebody else like that. You have a friend like that, okay? Um, my mom, my mom and dad, that, that generation, they had a saying, they had a phrase. When somebody was going to say they were going to change, but they didn't really change, they would say, my mom would go, Craig, of course they're not going to change. A lion, a, a tiger can't change their stripes, right? And that sounds so wise. How many have heard that phrase, a tiger can't change his stripes? Yeah, 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 most of you. Okay, and it sounds so wise, especially when your mom says it. Of course they can't change. A tiger can't change your stripes. And you're like, oh my goodness, my mom, she's the wisest person ever. Tigers can't change your stripes. So of course, if you're still lying, you're a tiger. You've got stripes. You're going to burn in hell. You can't change, right? And so we start thinking that people can't change because a lion can't change their stripes, and it sounds brilliant, but, but here's the beauty of Christianity. Christianity comes in, and Christianity says, yeah, 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 yeah. No, change is possible. It's not always easy, but change is possible, and there's power in Christianity to allow change to happen, and all you have to do is stop being a tiger. You just have to change and be a lion. You just have to change who you are. And you might say, now, Craig, that's impossible. Okay, 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 it, it's not really impossible. Here's the deal. Um, I'm going to show you today how to do real change, how to bring about real change in your life. So let me ask you a question. You don't need to raise your hand for this. You can just sit there and look at me like you are right now. Good job. Um, how many would say that you have something in your life that you really want to change this year, whether it be a bad habit or an addictive thing or something that maybe it's just an annoying habit that you have that you're like, that I, I want to change that, okay? So I'm going to give you these steps today. This is one of those messages that's super practical. So you're either going to want change, love change, you're either going to take serious notes today or you're just going to get bored and look at me and if you're going to be bored and you don't really want to change, then go ahead and pull out your phone, hop on Instagram and enjoy the next 20 minutes, okay? Um, but if you want change, are you ready for this? This is it. Okay, so here, here's the ancient way. This is in the Bible. Um, this, oh, I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. But look, throw up this diagram. This is, this is how most people handle change. So you start at the outside of the circle and that's what you want. So you have something, a new habit that you desire, something that you want. And so you're like, that's what I'm going to do. I want to lose weight. Okay. That's my goal. That's what I want to get. And so then you say, that's what I want to get. So then the next step is I want to, I need to develop the habits to make that happen because I need that to happen. So I need that goal. So I'm going to establish these habits, these, these, these processes in my life. I'm going to do this to get that. And then if I do this to get that, then the next thing is I'll have a new identity. My life will change because I have gotten what I wanted to get by using these habits to get that. And therefore, I am a changed person. Okay? So I'll break it down like this. So let's just say you want, are y'all with me today? Are y'all doing good? You feeling good? I'm feeling good. Okay. So let's say you want to lose weight. Let's say this year you were like, Pastor Craig, I'm going to lose me 20 pounds. Oh, praise God. 20 pounds. And it looks good. You're like, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I want to get. All right? I'm gonna, that's my goal. 20 pounds gone. So then I need to establish habits to make that happen. So, like, we, okay, we don't really do this in Mississippi too much. But a lot of people say if I'm going to lose 20 pounds, then I need to start eating right. Come on. It's a new habit. Going to start cooking at home, eating at home, eating some veggies, eating some baked stuff instead of fried stuff. But we all know we like fried stuff better. Um, so we have developed that habit. And then we probably are going to join a gym or something like that. We're going to work out a little bit. And so we're going to do these habits. And then, since that was my goal to lose 20 pounds, and then I've got the habits that are going to make it happen. And then I have a whole new identity because I'm half the person I used to be. Right? And that's how most of the people 
process change. And that is, what if I told you that is the exact opposite way? See, when we do change that way, when we process it that way, most people never experience lifelong change. They, they experience temporary change. And that's why a lot of people st get stuck right here. You start in January, I'm going to change. It's going to be the best year of my life. Right? And then you are the best year of your life for a week. And then you're back to what you were doing before. And so the, I'm gonna, let me tell you today how to change and stay changed because it's the Bible way to change. So are you ready for this? Here's the first thing. I went on whether you were ready or not because some of you are like, I don't even know who he is. All right, so here's how you change. Here's the first thing. The first thing is change your identity through Christ. You have to change. You start in the middle, not the outside of that circle, that, those concentric circles. You don't start at the outside and go in. You start at the inside and go out. Jesus switches everything around. Check out this verse. This is written by Luke. Luke wrote a biography about Jesus Christ. And so there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all wrote a biography about Jesus. And this is Luke's version. This is his view of it. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. Jesus is saying this. He says, you'll never find choice fruit hanging on a bad, unhealthy tree. And rotten fruit doesn't hang on a good, on a good healthy tree. Every tree will be revealed by the quality of fruit that it produces. Figs or grapes will never be picked off thorn trees. Okay, and right there, you, it's almost like you can see Jesus sees everybody kind of glazing over, like some of you are. And Jesus is like, oh, you're getting tired of the agricultural thing. Okay, let me switch this up and tell you what it's all about. People are known the same way. People are known in the same way. Out of the virtue stored up in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. So what's in the core of you, what's in the center of you, what is in your identity, what is in here is going to produce the habits and the things that come after it. But out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. Lasting change, real lasting change starts on the inside, not the outside. Real lasting change has to start at the core of who we are and changes us. You can fill in the blank. Who you are will determine what you do. Who you are will determine what you do. So you start out as a tiger with stripes, and a tiger can't change their stripes, right? And then we say, no, no, you need to change your identity and have your identity change. So you need to stop being a tiger, and you need to start being a lion. Roar. <laughs> you, you, you need to stop being a tiger and start being a lion. Y'all get with me eventually. You, you need to stop being a tiger. Yeah, I'm going to do it one more time. I got nothing else to do. You got to stop being a tiger, and you got to start being a lion. Roar. And the common sense person says, Craig, that's impossible. It's not like you just wake up one day and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop being a tiger. He's got too many stripes. I'm going to be a lion. Roar. And I would say, I would agree with you. I would say, you are absolutely correct. It is impossible to just all of a sudden say, I am no longer going to be a tiger. I'm going to be a lion. Rawr. But aren't you glad God said, with me, all things are possible. There is nothing impossible with God. And God is the one who actually brings the change, change and actually changes who we are. Okay, check this verse out. And I want you to get as excited as I am, Okay. Maybe I had too much coffee. I don't know, but this is really exciting. Check out this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, and I love that analogy. It's just a beautiful folding of our lives with Christ. If anyone is enfolded into Christ, if anyone gets saved, makes a decision for Jesus, 
He has become an entirely, what? An entirely new creation. That's salvation. You didn't work for it. He makes you a brand new creation. He takes you from being a tiger with stripes to a lion. Roar. All that is related, all of it, get this, all that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. You have a brand new identity. It's like you're in the witness protection program. Everything's changed. You're no longer who you used to be. Your identity is switched. You're no longer a tiger. You are a lion. Some of you look like cougars, though. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Ooh, that was funny. Okay. It was funny to me on the inside. All right, so the first step is you have to get the saving and having your identity switch is the first thing, okay? The first thing. You got that? You have to have your identity change in Jesus Christ. Here's the second thing, and this is where it gets a little like, whoa, what? Here's the second thing. You have to change your beliefs about your identity. You have to change your beliefs about your identity. This is where so many people get, get a little sideways. They fall off the wagon. They kind of get like, what? You get your identity changed, you're like, yep, I am no longer a tiger, I, I am a lion, roar, I am a lion, and I got this and stuff, and now, but when we, then we start walking our lives out and we start seeing a whole lot of stripes still in our life, and, and we're, we're saying we're a lion, but then we decide, no, maybe we're not a lion, and here, here's the deal, this is how it happens, we come in here, and like five weeks ago, at the end of service, you raised your hand, you made a decision for Jesus Christ, woohoo, yay! I, have, I am no longer a tiger, Pastor Craig. I have become a lion. Rawr, rawr. And, and, then, and then you walk it out and, and you see a bunch of stripes in your life and you see all this stuff going on and you go, and you come in next Sunday and you're like, I guess I wasn't really a lion. I think I'm still a tiger. I need to do this again. And you come the next week at the end of service and you're like, I'm going to make another decision for Jesus. I'm going to make another decision for Jesus. I'm going to get saved again. I'm going to get saved again. I'm going to get saved again. And... We end up just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And we stay locked in right there. Why? Because you forgot that he made you a lion, and all you're doing is looking at the stripes that are still in your life. You're looking at the struggles that you're walking through. Listen, I am churched up, boys and girls. I am churched up from the floor up. I've been in church my entire life since birth. I think I was born on a pew. No kidding, kidding you. Okay, maybe probably not on the pew. But anyway, I've been in church forever, and I have gotten saved air Sunday. Like when I was growing up, I got saved Air Sunday. And if you know what Air is if you're from Mississippi, right? I got saved Air Sunday. Why? Because the pastor would get up and Air Sunday, he's pointing out people's stripes. He's pointing out what they're struggling with. He's saying, listen, you've got this going on and you're a sinner and you're a heathen and you're going to go to hell. If you don't want to go to hell, if you want to beat the flames of hell, you need to come down to this altar right now. Let me tell you, I came down real quick. I don't want to burn in hell. Anybody want to burn in hell? Nobody wants to burn in hell. You hear you're going to talk burn in hell, and you're coming down front because I don't want to burn in hell. Air Sunday. Every Sunday. And because here's what happens. We get into Jesus Christ. We get our identity changed. But then we start looking at the stripes and the issues in our life and forget. We don't believe that we were really changed. And that's why there's so many people that question, am I really saved? Maybe I need to do it again. Maybe last time didn't stick. Listen. Jesus Christ said, if I saved you, if you made a decision for me, you are a new creation in me. The old things have passed away. All things are new. You are no longer a tiger with stripes. You are a lion. Now, 
to understand this, you need, we need to understand two really good Bible words, really good theology words. We don't need to change them. We don't need to update them. We need to understand them. Here's the first one. It's in your notes. The first one is justification. Justification. Here's the definition of justification. The action of making righteous, not, not earning, not doing enough good things. No, no. It was just like made, done. The action of making righteous in the sight of God. So here, here's what it looks like. So you, you make a decision for Jesus Christ, and Jesus takes his righteousness, his holiness, his amazing presence. He takes all of his goodness and mercy, all of his grace. He takes all of his stuff and puts it on us. He justifies us. He makes it. Here's how you remember justified. He makes us just as if we've never sinned. So when God looks at us, when he looks at you, God doesn't see your stripes. He sees the one who saved you. He doesn't see what you're doing wrong. He sees the glorious justification of Jesus Christ in your life. He sees Jesus's righteousness. You say, that's crazy. I know. But he did it anyway. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Here's an extra verse if you want to take notes. It says this. It says, you're justified by faith. By faith. You believe that Jesus did it. That's why you make a decision. Then once you've made that decision, stop doubting it. Let me say it again. Stop doubting it. And the reason we start doubting it is because everybody around us starts pointing out the stripes in our lives. Let me tell you something. I walk out stripes every day in my life. I walk out stripes. I know. Oh, you're perfect. I got it. Okay. I walk out stripes every day in my life. Does anybody else do anything wrong during the week or are you perfect? Four of us, five, six of us are honest. We screw up. And how many know people are real quick to point out when we screw up? They're real quick to say, oh, you did this wrong. Oh, you did that wrong. But we need to remind them, I did do that wrong, and I'm working that out. But let me tell you something before you ever jump on that bandwagon. I am identified in Jesus Christ. I have been justified by the cross of Jesus Christ, and he has set me free from all that. And I'm not a tiger with stripes. I'm a lion with a roar. That's better preaching than you think it is. All right, here's the second one. You've got to understand justification. You have to understand that Jesus genuinely gave you a brand new identity in him. You have to. If you don't, you're always going to be struggling with your tiger stripe. You're always going to be struggling with your issues and your problems instead of recognizing that you were bought with a price and you belong to Jesus Christ. You've got to get that. You've got to get that. You've got to get that. You've got to believe in that. Here's the second really good Bible word that we need to understand, and that's sanctification. Okay, you got to understand this. you got to get this. Man, this will set you free. This will be, bring change in your life. Justification is what Jesus did for us. Sanctification is what we walk out. Justification is our new identity. Sanctification is us walking that out every single day and becoming more and more like he justified us to be. You can fill in the blank. Identity shapes actions. What you identify with or as will shape the actions that you do because that's who you are. When we constantly confess that we're something that we're not, we end up acting that thing out. Instead of identifying and confessing and declaring, no, no, I am justified by faith. I am a child of the king. Um, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, that's, it's, a, it's a great program, great 12-step great program. And uh, I'm getting ready to tell you something I don't like about AA, and every time I do this, every single time I've shared this before, every time I do, I get emails, people saying kind of crazy mean stuff to me or whatever, so here's my email address that you can send your complaints to. 
Craig.Wendell at I don't care. Okay? <laughs> email, whatever you need to email. Um, he, AA is a great program, great 12-step program and all that. But here's what I don't like. When you go into AA and you, you have to say, you're supposed to say, Hi, my name's Craig Wendell. I'm an alcoholic. Okay? Why are we always continually identifying with our brokenness, our hurts, and our hang-ups rather than identifying with Jesus Christ who saved us and delivered us? Wouldn't it be better if we said, wouldn't it be better if we said, hi, my name's Craig Wendell. I am a child of the king, and I'm still working through some stuff. We're all working through stuff, but why do we find it necessary to declare and profess that we identify with our habits, our hang-ups, our issues, our problems, our sins, rather than identifying with Jesus Christ who actually died on the cross for our sins, set us free and redeemed us. Why do we let everybody else tell us what's wrong with us? Why don't we just start declaring who we are? And that's in Jesus Christ. Come on, that's better preaching than you think it is. That is better preaching than you. You can at least give me a Presbyterian amen. I mean, you know, like you can at least do that. Good Lord Jesus. It's like, if you, and this isn't just getting saved. Okay, let's say you want to quit smoking this year, okay? Are you saying it's a sin? I ain't saying nothing. All I'm saying is let's say you want to quit smoking this year, okay? That's one of the top things I want to quit. All right, and so stop identifying as a smoker. This just works with any habit, okay? You got practice identifying with what you want to be, not who you currently are. Are, are you tracking me? So you're out there with, on the sidewalk out there with all the smokers you got to <laughs> you hotbox in that bad boy <laughs> you didn't know your pastor knew what a hotbox was did you <laughs> hotbox in that bad boy and somebody says oh are you a smoker i didn't know you were a smoker you say this i'm not <laughs> i'm not a smoker anymore i'm quitting well, what's that in your mouth? It's what I'm working through right here. <laughs> okay, now that's funny. It's a little humorous, but there's truth to it. Stop identifying as a smoker. Start identifying with what you want to change and be. And when you identify with what you change and want to be, listen, the habits will follow, and then the outcomes, you'll get what you want to get because you're starting with your identity, and you're, not starting, you're starting on the inside of the circle, not the outside of the circle. Are you tracking with me? Yeah, check out this verse, Romans 6, 6 through 7. It says this, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So in other words, when you get saved, when he makes you a new creation, when you identify with Jesus Christ and you are no longer walking around with your mindset that all you are is a bunch of stripes, still tracking with me? You're identifying, you have been set free from those things having power over you. Now you have power through Christ over it. There, it's a shift. It's a change in your soul. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Do you know who you are in Jesus Christ? You are an amazing creation. You are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. There is nothing you can't do because all things are possible through Jesus Christ. You're his favorite ever. You're his beautiful workmanship. He is the almighty creator, and you are his special person on this planet. That's who you are. Start identifying with who Jesus said you are. Stop identifying with who all your friends are telling you who you are. Stop identifying with all the people around you. Listen, they're real good at pointing out that your stripes. 
and they do that to keep your eyes off of their stripes. So what if we just stop that and we don't even point out their stripes, we just focus on who we are in Jesus Christ because he's given us a new identity in him. Switch it. Shift it. You can fill in the blank. Healthy identity creates positive habits. So if you just identify with Jesus Christ, listen, that's a healthy identity, right? My wife is the only one that agrees, and this is the third time she's heard it. Seriously, people, come on. A healthy identity is in Jesus Christ, right? <sighs> Tough crowd, baby. Um, healthy, healthy identity, and because we have a healthy identity in Jesus Christ, it will produce good, healthy habits. I identify with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So what are the habits? This is what goes on in your mind, in your spirit. What are the habits of a Christian? See, if I identify with him, that means I'm going to start acting differently just because now my identity is in him. It's no longer in drugs. It's no longer in sex. It's no longer in pornography. It's no longer in these things. My identity is now in Jesus Christ. What do Christians do? One of the things they do is they pay tithe. Okay, I'm going to start doing that. What's another thing Christians do? Oh, well, they, they pray. Okay, I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start calling on him with all my issues and problems. Oh, what's another thing they do? Oh, they go to church. Am I talking too fast for you? There's a lot of habits to Christians. Well, you go to church. Oh, okay, I love people. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to worship. I don't like the worship. I stand in the lobby. No, no, I'm going to get my butt in here and I'm going to worship because that's what Christians do. I'm going to start acting like the Christian that I identify with. That's my Pentecostal. Whoop, glory. Better preaching than you think it is. I'll preach myself happy today. All right. Healthy identifies created positive habits. Positive habits reinforce the healthy identity. The habits that you do actually reinforce your identity. The more you act like a follower of Jesus Christ, the more you will be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a crazy cycle, but it's so true. All right. Here, so the first one is you got to get your identity in Jesus Christ. You, he'll make you a new creation. He really, really will. And to reinforce that change, you have to actually believe in your I new identity. You have to actually believe, yes, you really are no longer a tiger with stripes. You are now a lion with a roar. You thought I forgot, didn't you? No, a lion with a roar. Now, here's the third thing, and it's the final thing. Um, and this is something that when I fill in the blank and say it, all of you are going to be like, Oh, yeah, that's very true. We all know it's true, but for some reason, so few of us do it, okay? And if we don't do this third one, it's like it pulls the rug out from underneath us. Are, are you saying it, it'll negate my salvation? No, I'm just saying it's going to make your life miserable, right? Look at this last one. You have to change who influences you. You've you got to change who's in your life. Who are you allowing? See, now if my identity is changed, okay, I'm not going to have the same influencers in my life. It has to change because I'm no longer the person I used to be. Lions hang out with lions. Tigers hang out with tigers. I might look like a tiger, but I am a lion, and I'm going to work on my stripes. So I need to make sure I hang out with some lions. Rawr. Thank you. Two lions in the house. All right. <laughs> look at this verse. This verse cracks me up. It is so true. Proverbs 13, 20. <laughs> Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Come on, how many can testify to that? How many have found a little trouble hanging out with the wrong people? And if you ain't, if you ain't raising your hand, you lying, lying, lying. Because you were a teenager at one time too. Man, the only time I ever trespassed on government land and illegally poached alligators was with the wrong people. 
I was hanging out with the wrong people. And you might say, is that a true story? Yes, it is. And I checked the statutes of limitations. It's seven years, so now I can tell the story. Okay, but <laughs> I never, not once in my entire life did I sit in the living room and go, you know what I want to do today? I want to trespass on government land so it's a federal offense and then poach an alligator illegally that I don't have a license for and I don't want to use guns. I just want to use a flashlight and a knife. Yeah. Not once. However, sitting in a living room with a bunch of guys that I should not have been sitting in a living room with, and they said, hey, you know what will be fun tonight? I know a piece of property. We only got to climb a couple fences. We can get in there. We can get us a gator. You want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Right? <laughs> this verse is so true. You hang out with the wrong people. What are you going to do? You're going to get in trouble. Now, I'm not saying with this, I'm not saying, listen, that means that as a Christian, we just have to back up and wrap ourselves in holy bubble wrap so that no sin can contaminate us and nobody can bump into us or touch us or make us unsanctified because we're just separate. That's what some Christians do. They get saved, they get their identity, and then they say, oh, man, I can't be with anybody else. I just need to only be in my own little holy hubble, huddle, my own little holy huddle. And I think Jesus gives us a great balance in this. Jesus, in, the, in several places in the New Testament, we see where Jesus went to parties. This is third service. I thought a lot of people would just be like, amen, brother, but nobody. Um, <laughs> Jesus went to parties, and then they say this, and this is one of my favorite crazy laughing parts of the Bible. He says this, it says, Jesus went to parties and hung out with notorious sinners. Okay, what do you have to do to be notorious at sinning? I mean, have you thought about that for a second? Like, at the very best, I bet your friends have called you a sinner before. Okay, but very rarely does anybody rank as a notorious sinner. And Jesus found the notorious sinners. Oh, they're not just a sinner. No, no, that bro notorious. You know what I'm saying? And he hung out with them. And here's what happened. He would go to parties and with all these different sinners, heathens, notorious sinners, tax collectors, all these people that all had reputations and none of them were good. And Jesus went into these places and they never affected Jesus Jesus always infected them. There, there's a, a change. And so what we see is this. We see Jesus going to these parties, but when you read the New Testament, when you read the Gospels, it wasn't like he went and hung out and stayed there. He would have experiences. He would speak life into people's lives, show them the love of Christ, show him his love and, and that, and then he would back up. And so he would do this. He would lean into these situations, these dark places, and lean back out. But he lived his life with his disciples. He lived his life with his best, his best threes, his besties, his BFFs, Peter, James, and John. So these were people that were in his life that they resonated with one another. See, we have to have, we have, to have both kinds of people in our lives. You, I'm just telling you, you need some notorious sinners in your life. Because if you don't have notorious sinners in your life, you're going to get all churched up. And you're going to lose touch with reality. And our whole job here is to advance the kingdom of God and to be in touch with reality. To show, how, how are they going to know Jesus loves them unless you're there to tell them? How are they going to understand that and experience that? We have to lean into those places. But, listen, it's so important that we do that, but we have to also have us. 
We have to have each other. That's why it's important to be in a small group. That's why it's important to be on a dream team. That's why it's important to be involved at the house. Because, listen, I need you. And you need me. And you need the person sitting next to you. You need the person behind you. You need to be surrounded in the herd because lions love to hang out in herds, in packs, in prides. There's strength in that. And that's the only way we make it through some of these tough times is the people sitting around us. So we have to have the notorious, but then we also have to have the holy. And when we do that, when we recognize our identity, we have our identity changed, we believe in that, and we have the right people around us, man, life is good and change is a fact. We you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a minute? I just want to take a minute and pray for us. Heavenly Father, I love you. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, the power of your word. And I thank you that you have not left us defenseless. You've given us your word and the power of it, and you give us direction. And Lord, I believe that there's people right now watching online, maybe at one of our sites, maybe in this house. There's people here, and I just pray for us right now that you'll bring to our mind those friends that have been influencing us the wrong way. And it's time. We have identified with you. We have identified that we have life change. Lord, I just ask that you show each one of us. Bring their faces to our mind. Bring their names to our mind. Bring them to the top of our souls and let us know that's somebody. Not that I need to close the door and lock them out. No, but it's somebody that I need to put to the back burner. It's somebody that doesn't need to be all up in my grill all the time. It's somebody that I need to have some boundaries with so that I have room for my identity to grow in you. Give us that strength that endurance, to see that through. And then still praying with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, you're here this morning, and you've honestly never really allowed Jesus Christ to change your identity. You've tried to do a whole lot of things. You've been trying to remove your stripes and your issues all by yourself without ever really inviting the King of Kings into your life. You've never allowed him in. You've never made a decision for him. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I want to pray with you right where you are. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to have you stand up or anything like that. I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, and then I'm going to ask you to hold it up, and then I'm going to count because it's encouraging. You're not the only one in the room that's accepting Christ today. You're not alone in this. But you're here, and you know that you need Jesus in your life. You know that you need a life change to happen and an identity shift because you've been a tiger for way too long. If that's you, just right where you are, you're saying, I need Jesus. Come on, put your hand up. Put your hand up. Put him up. All over the place. I'm, man, you're not alone. I'm going to count. You're not alone in this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, all the way in the back. Eighteen. I see you. Father, I thank you for these 18 people. You guys can put your hands down. I thank you for these 18 people. I thank you for them just leaning in this morning. And saying, no, I'm, I'm, I can't be a tiger anymore. I can't keep having these stripes. I can't keep having change not happen. Something's got to give this year. So, Father, as, as they just, conf you said that if we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, that means that we are going to start saying who we identify with. I am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And that if we would believe in our hearts that you were raised from the dead, you said that we would be saved. 
So, Father, by their confession of saying they are a follower of Jesus Christ, by believing that you were resurrected on the third day, meaning that they have the power to walk out these stripes, to walk out these changes in their life, that they can experience now abundant life that you've provided for them. So, Lord, forgive them of their sins, wash them clean, set them free of the bondages, and now, Lord, let them experience the supernatural life that you've provided for us, a life full of love and joy and peace. Father, we thank you. Thank you for salvation. Let their identity forever be changed. They are a brand new creation in you. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, if you're one of those amazing people, one of those 18 people that raised your hand, we have a book down front called Fresh Start. It's completely free, okay? There's no um, hoops or anything to jump through. It's just going to give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey. And let me say this. If you're one of those 18 people, you need to get up from this place and you need to walk out there to that kiosk and you need to sign up for water baptism. Water baptism is your next spiritual progression. It's your next step, okay? So do that. Man, just seal this whole thing in, sign up for that. And then if anybody needs prayer for anything, there'll be people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you and connect with you, okay? Stand with me, if you will. And while you're standing, let me remind you that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to take communion today, there's communion elements down front on both sides that you're more than welcome to partake of at your leisure, at your leisure. All right, can I pray the benediction so we can get out of here? The, what about the rest of you are going to stay? What, can I pray the benediction so we can get out of here? All right, man, y'all looking all serious, man. This is a great day. 18 people just gave their hearts to the Lord, made a decision for Jesus Christ. That's the best decision ever. Last service was nine, I believe. Service before that was seven, so it just got more and more. How awesome is that, ladies and gentlemen? Man. Now you're saying, okay, Craig, shut up and pray the benediction. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much. Lord, we just ask right now that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, that they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. 